whose name we pray. Amen. We are so glad that you guys are with us uh, here uh, on one of our three campuses, our main campus, <laughs> uh, the sanctuary, our overflow, which is the, the basement. Um, uh, I, I will lovingly call our south campus and then our, our uh, west overflow that we have over there. Um, what an amazing thing, what an amazing privilege and freedom that we have to be able to gather together as God's family and celebrate together in worship. Uh, and, and to be able to open God's word and, and, and to be able to have him speak to us. And, and that we can do that in a way that we encourage one another through our fellowship uh, is just amazing to me. So we're so glad that you're here joining us uh, either in person, in the overflow, or, or online. Um, uh, we, we call that couch church, uh, which is kind of cool. So, so uh, the neat thing about couch church is if you need to get up for any reason, you can pause that. And then pick right back up. You guys, you guys don't do that. You guys just have to miss out. Uh, you'd have to go back. Um, uh, kind of a, a, this is, I was talking to some of our, our guests this morning. This is a, kind of a, a mixed emotion time of year for me. I love the cooler weather. And I don't know if you guys have looked um, at the forecast. Now, now, this is the forecast. I am not a, a, a meteorologist. I, I don't even try to predict how my day is going to go out. But they say... The forecast is for Tuesday, a low of 27 with a 60, 67 per, no, a 60% chance of, of rain. Now, I don't know about you. I've never seen it rain when it was 27 degrees. So, so who knows? Uh, that, that, might be, that might be something different. But, but it's mixed, kind of a mixed emotion time. I love the cooler weather. Um, I love the, the, the fall leaves, which has been happening since July uh, around our house. Um, and I love the snow and even the promise of snow. But the sad thing is that means that some of you are going to make like trees and you're going to leave us. Um, so we are so glad to have had you here uh, uh, this summer. I'm going to be sad to see you go, but we will save a place for you. Uh, I don't know if you've, you've kind of noticed one of our our taglines for First Baptist Church Cloudcroft is a place for you. And, and we have a place for you. And so let me tell you, uh, those who are watching online because you're not sure you want to be around in crowds, right now we have two overflows. And I went to uh, FBC Cloudcroft West uh, just a moment ago. Um, and, uh, and you can sit all by yourself in that one if you want. At least today, next week, everybody may come there. But, but we have plenty of place to spread out if, if you want to be able to do that. Um, let, me, let me just kind of give you a, a, a little running start into where we are. Um, uh, the, the joke around here I know is going to be for a long time. Gee, Pastor Larry, what book are we in this Sunday? Um, that would be Luke. Um, I was excited as I was preparing for, for this message, as I often am preparing for messages but I got to turn the page in my Bible. So, so we're in Luke chapter 4, and I've loved going through this. This has just been so much fun for me. Um, uh, and, and so uh, you, uh, you guys, if you're like me, I just leave my, my little, uh, I don't know what you call that, my little placeholder thing uh, in, in my Bible in Luke. Uh, you can probably do that for a while. I was teasing with one of our summer guests that... that uh, um, they said we'll probably still be in Luke around Christmas, and I'm betting we will. And, and in fact, I'll at least allude to it in the Christmas Eve service, uh, Luke chapter 2. But this has been fun for me, to be able to just take some time and just go through God's Word and just let it speak. 
you know, the, the three kind of tenets of, of, of Bible study or Bible uh, hermeneutics is the big word, is observation, what does it say? Interpretation, what does it say to me or how does it translate? And then application, what, is it, what do I do with this? And so this has been fun for me to slow down in, in this book in, in Luke and in, in the gospel of Jesus according to Luke and just kind of let it speak. And so uh, we're going to get to an interesting place today uh, in Luke. Um, if you if you weren't spellbound by the genealogy of Jesus, then this one this one may get you uh, hopefully get your attention. We're going to be talking about the temptation of Jesus, and and this is something that that we you may have heard about as a kid, but I want to look at it maybe a little bit differently today uh, as we go through. So let me begin. I'm going to read Luke chapter four verses one through thirteen. And then we'll just kind of unpack it uh, as we go together. Uh, chapter 4, verse 1 says, remember, sorry, I always have to back up. I'm going to get so excited. Let me just take time and breathe. Service starts at 10. You don't have to be anywhere till 12, I know. No, I'm kidding. Um, so Luke chapter 4, verse 1, this is right after Jesus' baptism, okay? Now, I know that we just finished the genealogy, but, you know, time-wise, Jesus was just baptized, okay, as far as the life and ministry of Jesus. Then we pick up in Luke chapter 4, verse 1. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, because he was just baptized, and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry, what an understatement, right? <laughs> I, I've, I've missed a meal. It doesn't look like it. Um, it hasn't been recently. Um, I've, I've even fasted for a day. And, and after two or three days, we get pretty hungry. Has anyone ever done that, like two or three days without eating um, on purpose? Or No, I'm kidding. Um, that's, that's hunger. And, and you, you kind of get to a place where your body begins to adjust and then you're okay for a while, but then you start to get really hungry again. And, and so 40 days is, is crazy long. You can't do that without water, but you can do that without food. Apparently Jesus did. But I love Luke, and he was hungry. Verse 3, the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. So, let me just point out, and we're, we're going to talk about this again in a minute. You do know that, that Satan is really smart, right? You, you get that? Satan is really smart. Now, even if he was dumb as a rock, the guy's been around a long time. So he's picked up a few tricks. One of the things, and, and we're going to see this in, in verse 13, but one of the things... Uh, that, that I just want to point out here is Satan knows when you're weak. And, and that's when he comes to tempt. And that's what he did with Jesus. Trust me, Jesus was weak at this time, physically. I can't imagine what that would be like. That he was weak, and, and Satan came for a physical need. And Satan says, if you are, don't you love the way he does that? Just, just put a little cast, cast a little bit of doubt on what God says if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. Now, that probably doesn't excite many of us here. 
you know, would, would you sell your soul for a, a piece of bread? <laughs> you know, we, bread is like nothing to us. It was the staple there. And I imagine if I hadn't eaten, um, you guys ever been, uh, usually it's the guys, men, but women too. Uh, you go camping and, and you eat all that dehydrated stuff, you know, for a while. And, and man, a cheeseburger never tasted so good when you get back. I, I know I've traveled uh, overseas and gone to some third world countries and, and it just seems like, a, boy, cheeseburgers is what you're wanting when you come back. So I imagine that, that, that a piece of bread would have tasted amazing at this point for Jesus. And the devil said, if you are the son of God, so see the, see the temptation, prove it. You know, show me that you are. Obviously, that's something Jesus could have done easily. Jesus' response was, Verse four, and Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment in time. I don't know what that is like, but 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 apparently uh, Satan was able to to quickly just kind of at a glance show him all the kingdoms of the world. And and Satan said. It calls it the devil in here, but that's who we're talking about. Um, Satan said to him, to you, I will give this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me and I will give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Uh, Satan wasn't finished. Verse nine. And he, that is Satan, took him, Jesus. Satan took Jesus to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. Satan transported him to the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, Satan knows, he's all right, you want to play, play the, the scripture game. It is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And Satan says, that's not all. On their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Verse 12, and Jesus answered him, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Wow. Uh, let me just kind of give you the, the big idea uh, here, and, and we'll keep coming back to this as we go here. Here's the big idea for us. The more you see as God sees, the easier it is to do as he says. Does that make sense? The more you see as God sees, the easier it is to do as he says. So just, just want to lay that there with you, and then we're going to unpack some things. We'll keep coming back to that. Uh, a few things that, that you guys need to know about the temptation here, because we kind of skip past this really quick. It, it's interesting. It, 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 you know, it's kind of cool. Jesus gives us kind of a, a model in, in ham, handling temptation in, in some ways. But, but there's some things that we miss. So I, I don't want to miss these. I want to look. These are three things that, that you need to note as we look at this. First of all, these three that we see, these three temptations, were not the only temptations in the wilderness. You get that, right? Verse 2, for 40 days being tempted by the devil. So so Satan didn't like put all of his eggs or his three eggs in, in the one basket and say, boy, I'm going to get him. I've got three shots. You know, it, it wasn't like a, a carnival game. He had been tempting Jesus all along for 40 days as Jesus fasted and prayed in the wilderness. 
these are just the three that we see. These weren't the only temptations. So I, I just want you to know that as we read God's word, we, we need to really understand it. Jesus was being tempted all along the way. These three, uh, Luke pointed out to us, maybe these were the three that he knew about, or, or these were the three that he pointed out to us. These seem to be three very, this is at the end of the 40 days when Jesus was very hungry, when he was physically very weak, when Satan came to tempt him. All right? But these weren't the only three. Jesus was being tempted. Being tempted. I'm getting too excited. I'll slow down. Jesus was being tempted for 40 days. 40 days. Okay? That's the first thing. The second one is, this wasn't the only time that Jesus was tempted by Satan. Now, it's the only time that we really have it recorded. But, but notice verse 13. And when the devil had ended, ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Did any of you guys see The Passion of Christ? Did you see that one, the Mel Gibson movie? Hard movie to watch. Um, but, but there's an interesting thing that happens. Uh, you, you probably, maybe you've forgotten. Do you remember that it was really in Aramaic? It wasn't even in English and there were subtitles? You, you lose that really quickly, don't you? Go back and watch it again. Um, you, you forget that because you get so into the story it is spoken in Aramaic, which is kind of the common dialect of Hebrew at the time. And there are some things in there that are just kind of weird. Mel Gibson is Catholic, so they're bringing in some of the things uh, from Catholic tradition. But it's a good movie if you can, if you can bear to watch it. One of the things that, that I, I saw in that movie that just never occurred to me, and then after I saw it in the movie and then read this again, you're like, oh, well, yeah, of course. The so the devil left him until an opportune time. I think that Jesus was tempted throughout his ministry, but there was this really weird scene when Jesus was on the cross in the Passion of Christ. And, and, and you got this guy who's supposed to be, I think, symbolize Satan. While Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was walking around just kind of sneering at him. Can you imagine... Can you imagine not, not only the temptation that Jesus went through the 40 days while he was physically weak? And by the way, when we are physically weak, we are, are really vulnerable. You, got, you need to know that. So, so take extra precautions whenever you, you fast. If you're going to fast for a, an extended period of time, be, be ready. Have people praying for you while you do that. But, but even when you're sick, gather people around, people around to pray. Because Satan, he just loves shooting those little darts while we're physically weak. That must, have been, that must have been difficult for Jesus, those 40 days. Satan, I believe, tempted Jesus all the way through his ministry, but when Jesus was hanging on the cross, when people were taunting him, if you really are the Son of God, does that sound familiar at all to you? <laughs> that's what people were saying, and yet that's, that's what Satan kept saying to Jesus when he was tempting. If you really are the Son of God, come down from there. Prove it. Jesus was tempted the whole time. And, and I'm reminded of 1 Peter 5.8. When Peter tells us, uh, the, the one who uh, kind of failed his little test there, uh, right when Jesus was being arrested and, and tried, and, and, and I say failed. Isn't that great? Uh, Jesus can use failures. Amen. <laughs> 
He, he takes our failures and turns them into something good. I, I think most of the time through me, he just teaches me, Larry, if you just rely on me a little bit more, if you'll just trust me, be sober-minded, Peter says. Be watchful. And, and then here's the reason he says this. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That, that verse came to mind when I read verse 13, that the devil departed until an opportune time. Now, he didn't go away. He's, he's watching. He's looking for those opportunities. And then finally, the, the thing that we need to know about this temptation, this 40 days of being tempted in the wilderness, Jesus was fully tempted. Let me explain a little bit what I mean by that. We, we get tempted, and, and when we're tempted, we give in a lot of times. If you tempt me with coffee, I'm probably not going to be tempted long. And, and only tempted that much. Because I'm probably going to give in pretty quickly. We, we don't know what it's like to experience the full effect of a temptation. Jesus did. And, and Hebrews really kind of lets us know that. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect was tempted just as we are, and yet without sin. So when Jesus was tempted during this 40 times, I love the way that it reads there. It says when Satan had finished every temptation, he was pounding Jesus with temptation. And Jesus experienced the full effect of the temptation because he never gave in. So that's what we need to understand about the temptation. Okay, It's that that these, these weren't the only temptations, the three that we see. He was tempted for 40 days. That wasn't the only time Jesus was tempted. Satan just left for a moment. And then Jesus was tempted all the way, I, I believe, even while he was on the cross. And, and that Jesus experienced the full effect of temptation during those 40 days. So what does it have to do with us? <laughs> well, let's come back to the big idea. The more you see as God sees, the easier it is to do as he says. The, the, I, I love it in here. But the, the verse that, that comes to mind is Psalm 109. Let me get this right. Psalm 119, 105. Psalm 119, 105. By the way, uh, don't forget in the YouVersion app, you've got your notes uh, in there. Psalm 119, 105. And it says this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, we sing that song even, right? That's part of the, the VBS pledge to the Bible that we say. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So, so, so let's illuminate this a little bit with this idea. The more you see as God sees, the easier it is to do as God says. The more we get God's word into us, the easier it is to see what we should be doing, right? So let me give you a couple of instances with that. On the one hand, it keeps us from doing things that we shouldn't, right? That's Psalm 119.11, which is also in, in the, the Pledge to the Bible for VBS. Um, I hang out with kids too much, I think, maybe. Um, you're, it, it says here, I have stored, this is the English uh, Standard Version, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. 
So the more we see as God sees, the more the easier it is to do as God says. And part of that is to keep us from doing things that we shouldn't. David says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Jesus, remember in here, Jesus countered every temptation with Scripture. Every single one of them. He countered with Scripture. Now, now you may be saying, well, yeah, because he's the word become flesh. Well, if Jesus, the word became flesh, countered temptation with scripture, how much more should we? We need to get his word in our heart. We, we need to have it continually for us so, so that we can, we can counter temptation with scripture. I, 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 think, I think we, because we live in a day and age where God's word is so easily accessible to us, I, I think we may tend to neglect committing it to memory. L- let me give you two good reasons to do that. This isn't in your notes, but, but you can write them down if you want. One is, there may be a time when God's word is not easily accessible to us. We have been blessed in this country for over 200 years, having the freedom Uh, of religion there are countries where that is not so there are countries where having a bible will end you up in jail is that bad english it's true there are countries where having a bible will put you in prison don't think that that can never happen to us i pray it doesn't but don't think that can never happen to us there may be a time in our lifetime or our kids or grandkids lifetime when the Bible is not easily accessible. And, and you may be thinking, how, well, how can that not be? Good grief. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a collector. I like watches. Um, I like backpacks. I might have a problem there. Um, <laughs> my wife tells me, where are you going to put that one? I don't know. It's cool. I just, and, and I like Bibles. You, you may be thinking like me, I've got so many Bibles around, good luck trying to take them all. But listen, there may be a time when the Bible is not easily accessible for us. So that's one reason to commit it to memory. The other one is this, you might not always have access, even in the free country that, we're, that we live in, you, you might not always have it, easy access, whenever you need it to, to counter a temptation, to, to be able to share with someone Commit it to memory. Get it in your heart. That there, there's, I said there's two. There's, there's three. One is God's word just changes us. The Holy Spirit uses his word to change us. Get it, get it into your heart. It has to go in your head first. Memorize it. Then get it in your, your heart and, and apply it in your life. So that was free. That was the toy that comes with a Happy Meal. <laughs> um, do they still do toys with Happy Meals? Okay. I was sad in my family when kids found out that food came with a Happy Meal. You know, I got to eat the food and they played with the toy. There's a second, there's a second thing uh, that, that this does for us, that having this, this idea that the more we see as he sees, the easier it is to do as he says. And that's Joshua 1.8. This is one of the, the early Bible verses that I memorized as a new Christian. It'll help us to do the things that we should do. It'll help us do the things we need to do. 
That, that if we get into God's word and let God's word get into us, it's easier to do the things we ought to do. Remember, it's a light for our path. We can see the places we, we can see the places we don't need to go, but we can also see the places we need to go. One of the things that I hear a lot from people is, I'm just praying for God's will in this. And, and, and we should do that. But listen, let me tell you, the more you see as he sees, the easier it is to do as he says. There are a lot of things that, that would, it would just take care of if we just knew what God said about it. Now, God's not going to tell you which college to go to, if that's something you're praying about. God's not going to tell you what to name your kid, maybe, in, in there. Although, <laughs> if, if you need a name for a cat or a kid or a grandkid, man, I can come up with some doozies for you. I'm, I'm going to the Old Testament for those. But the more we get into God's mindset, the more we see as he sees, the easier it is to do what he says because we just know. You don't have to think. With someone that you have a, a close relationship with, you know if they hate Chinese food or not. I hope you do. Husbands, if you don't know that about your wife, you better figure it out pretty quick. <clears throat> Saying. The, the closer you are to them, the easier it is to know what they would want it's the same way with god and the more we get his word in our heart the easier it is to know that and, and to do the things that we ought to do joshua 1 8 says this book of the law this is old testament but still god's word this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it for then will your way I get this right for then you good grief I said I had it memorized a long time ago <clears throat> that part of my brain's turned slippery apparently for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success that the, the implication is this in Joshua 1 8 that, that we need to meditate we need to always have God's word on our mind and in our heart and, and then it's just going to make it easy that that so that it says You'll be careful to do according to what is written in it. It's easier to do what God says when we know what it is, right? When we see as he sees. Deuteronomy 6, I, and I love this, and I want to spend uh, just a little bit of time unpacking this for you. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1 through 7, it really kind of lays this out for us. Now, it's talking primarily to parents and grandparents about our kids and grandkids. But listen, this is just good for life. This is good for us. If you are a family of one, this is good for you to do. Here's what he says. I'll read it to you. Uh, 6.1, Deuteronomy. Now, this is the commandment, the statutes, and the rules that the Lord your God, that is Yahweh your God, commanded me to teach to you that you may do them in the land to which you're going over to possess it, that you may fear Yahweh your God, you and your son and your son's son. You get that? I see that a whole lot in Scripture. And I'm telling my kids right now, just so they know, I believe I'm responsible not just for my kids, but for my kids' kids. So, so um, d just fair warning, I know they're, they're listening somewhere, Hillary and Hope. Um, I'm not going to be one of these grandpas who's not going to jump into your business in parenting. That won't be me. <laughs> I, I see it right here. He says, teach it to your kids and your kids' kids. I'm going to... I'm just saying, I probably ought to be talking to the sons-in-law, Chris. <laughs> I, 
I believe that's true. We need that influence. I, I, my grandmother was one of the ones who led me to the Lord. I didn't know my other grandparents, but, but she was the sweetest lady on earth. The one time I ever saw her mad, I thought the world was in it. I was looking for Jesus to come back right then. She got mad at the little guinea hens. She just cleaned off the porch. She was on her hands and knees scrubbing. And those little guinea hens came back. She went to go clean up. When she got back, they had pooped all over that porch. And Mama, I'm from Texas, that's what we called her. Mama grabbed that broom and she ran after those things. And I thought, that's why my uncles are so scared of her. <laughs> so I'm just saying, your children and your children's children, by keeping his commands and statutes which I command you all the days of your life, that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, be careful to do them, so that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as Yahweh your God, the God of your fathers, has promised you, in a land flowing with milk and honey. And then here's where we get to it. This is called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh our God, Yahweh is one. You shall love Yahweh your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And then he lays this out for us. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Let, let me give you the four kind, kind of opportunities this is telling us to take advantage of. Uh, in our lives for our kids and for our kids kids you ready when you lie down i'm sorry I, I jumped ahead when you sit down now you might lie down to eat i don't know how that works for you uh when you sit down this is meal time and and i know we live in a world where we we don't typically have meals together i would encourage you to have at least one this sounds crazy at least one meal a week together as a family so you can talk and and take advantage of it now hopefully i mean every night would be great but at least one meal a week and take advantage of that use this time uh, we know in fellowship with one another there's just something about sitting down and having a meal with brothers and sisters in christ there's that bonding that happens there use that time when you walk by the way now i know some of you still do some walking around here and some hiking but typically for us this means drive time especially with kids and grandkids but you can use this with your family when you're driving take advantage of that talk, talk about the the message or if that bores you talk about talk about the sunday school lesson or about the bible study that you've been involved in turn to them this, this will shock them um what's god what's god been doing in your life lately if they say nothing so uh -oh. <laughs> Uh, maybe 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 that's what we need to talk about the other one is when you lie down at bedtime uh, and 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 i know you know this is typically we think of bedtime routines with kids you know what um someday um cynthia and i are going to be empty nesters uh wouldn't it be cool if we had our bedtime routine that that uh, maybe it's we we pray together or we read god's word together or we just sit down and recap the day Take advantage of that time. Build, build that routine into there. And when you rise up in the morning, now I know that if there's a crazy time in our day, it's probably in the morning. Um, my schnauzer thinks 6 o'clock is a good time to get up, and occasionally 
Now, I don't mind getting up around five-ish. That's all right. But at 445, anything in the fours, um, it's not time to get up yet. Uh, but but I, I like the morning time, but I'm usually up first, and then it's usually Cynthia and then Hope, and we kind of all get going. But but work on a morning time thing, maybe just where you just touch base for the day. Those four times are good, easy times to just build routine into. Because the more we see as God sees, the easier it is to do as he says. And, and so if we, if we incorporate God's word into our lives at least those four times during the day, but just as we go through the day, then it's going to be a whole lot easier to, to be able to do what, what we know he wants us to do. All right, I'm going to close with this, and, and, and there are four things here, so don't get too excited, but um, I, I, I want to give you something really practical to, to take away, and, and I know that we, we have several that are watching online, um, and whether it's, it's uh, on Couch Church at home, um, we need to find a name for that, that FBC campus, F, FBC Cloudcroft Couch, I don't, that doesn't sound right. Um, so whether you're watching online at home or you're watching in the, the overflow or, or for some are watching later on in the week, let me give you four things, especially during this crazy time. These are four habits that if you don't have, you probably should have. And, and, and I know in, in our, our big push into the digital age with all the streaming stuff that we're doing, that this may not seem necessary to you, uh, at least the first one, but, but I believe it is, and I'll tell you why. And let me just tell you what it is. The first one is this, establish a Sunday morning routine. And that, now I know that, that the ones who were here on campus, uh, are, are, you, know, you, you obviously had to do that. Um, but it's easy at home. It, it's easy when you're watching the live stream. It's easy to say this, and, and, and we've seen this actually in the numbers. When we first started the live stream, man, everybody jumped on right at, we, we had 11 o'clock service. Everybody jumped on right at 11 and the numbers were big, and it would trickle in a few more through the week. W- what we've seen now is a reversal. Is that there aren't that many, now maybe because some of you are here, um, but there aren't that many that jump on right at time, with 10 o'clock now for us. There aren't that many that jump on and watch it live, the live stream, but, but it'll trickle and pick back up to the same numbers by the end of the week. So, so I know that that is way convenient, and, and I will be the first to confess in front of God and everybody, that would be so tempting for me if I was just going to watch the live stream and someone said, hey, let's, let's go to IHOP where they have that unlimited carafe of coffee and, and let's have breakfast to say, I can do that because I can watch, I can watch church service anytime. And, and that's one of the great things about this. If you, if you miss it, you can still watch it later. But let me tell you the danger that I believe of getting out of the habit of a Sunday morning routine, especially if you've got kids with you still. Or some of us have grandkids. Well, we don't. We have grandkittens, just so you know. Um, but, but if you've got kids or grandkids, getting out of that Sunday morning routine is so dangerous, you may never get it back. I'm amazed how it takes me 30 days to establish a habit and three days to lose it, if it's a good one. (laughs) It is hard to get that back. So especially if you've got kids or grandkids, but probably just for you as an adult, if you don't don't establish 
or reestablish a Sunday morning routine, you may never get that back. Which means coming back in person to service just might not be a thing for you. I, I've been been watching every video I can, trying to glean all the wisdom from all the pastors I can. And the truth is nobody knows what church is going to look like when all this is over nobody knows there's speculation that the attendance will never go back to where it was and and what does that mean for us but but just let me tell you see if i can get this right same thing i've quoted this several times um over the last year at least once we saw it we didn't come up with it parents who see church as optional will raise children who see Jesus as unnecessary. Let me say that again. Parents who raise parents who see children of oh, golly. I, I'm, I had I should have just stopped. <laughs> parents who see church as optional will raise children who see Jesus as unnecessary. Now, that's not just a cute little saying. We're watching it happen. We're seeing that played out in our society. So establish a Sunday morning routine. And if you're doing couch church, I don't care if you keep your jammies on, your, the rest of your family might, but get up, get ready, have breakfast, whatever you do, make it as close to possible as what it's going to be like when you come back in person. Because if you don't, then you might find it a whole lot harder to come back in person than you think. And I'm saying that to the people that are here, and if you're watching online, you might think I'm picking on you. I'm not. I'm just saying the, the importance of a Sunday morning routine, I don't think you can overstate. If you get out of that habit, it's hard to get back into. I'm telling you. Um, unless you're the pastor, people notice when you're not here, maybe. Sometimes. Second one is this. The second one is this. Establish a small group routine. Now, for some of you, this, this may be a new step for you. But, but one of our major portions of our strategy here is our small groups. We, we have community groups. And, and uh, uh, in our, our Java with Jesus on uh, Friday morning, actually, we were testing it on Thursday night because I was remote. I was somewhere else. Um, we, we listed, we have eight ongoing Bible studies at this church right now. Well, one of them is about to start up, our, our kids, uh, kids club. Eight ongoing Bible studies right now. You can get plugged into a small group. We have, uh, in addition to that, we have a couple of community groups, at least two, maybe three, uh, that, that are meeting right now. But get in a small group routine. And especially for those who are watching online, this may be even more important. If you're waiting to come back until some of this blows over, get in a small group. Man, if Satan can get you off by yourself, he can wreak havoc in your spiritual life. When, when wolves go after sheep, they don't go after the whole flock. They catch the one that's off on its own. So, so get into a small group routine, establish that, whether it's a community group or a Bible study, and we have all those on Facebook, uh, we have them on our website, I'll just list them for you. We have 
um, we call it the journey. I call it the journey. I don't know if they do yet. <clears throat> it's our young adult Bible study that meets on Sunday nights at five. That one that we're in our, this is our fourth time, third or fourth time. I forget. No, no, nobody. Fourth time. We're, we'll make it up. It is now. Uh, tonight we'll meet for our fourth time. Uh, uh, we have um, on a Monday, it'll depend on which Monday it is, which one these it is. I better hurry. We have faith girls, which are girls that are third through sixth grade meets on Mondays here at 10. And then the Mondays they're not meeting. We have girls of grace. That's a new one that we just started. Uh, that is that is meeting. And that's for girls seventh grade through 12th. Um, uh, Mondays, seven to 10. They both of them have Bible studies that, that they're going through on Tuesday nights. We have a men's Bible study and the women's women's Bible study that happen at six. The men's you can jump on. Uh, to zoom in addition to being here in person then we have wednesday uh this week we're starting up with kids club at 3:45. pray for us we have no idea what that's going to look like now we know what it looks like on paper uh, but we have no idea the schools are still having just almost a, a fluid schedule the way that they're having to, to make changes um, then at six o'clock on wednesday nights we have our youth group that's our student bible study um sixth grade through 12th Thursday morning at 630, uh, we have our men's Bible study. That's our breakfast Bible study uh, that we meet here and take turns cooking breakfast for one another. Nobody's gotten sick as far as I know. Um, so, guys, we're doing a good job so far. Um, but we have eight ongoing Bible studies uh, right now. Establish a small group routine somewhere, somehow. Jump into one of those, especially during these times. And then the third one. Uh, these will only apply for uh, apply for some of you but if you've got kids at home still keep your kids connected keep your kids connected now for us in our church we've got kids club that's happening uh, on wednesdays get them into that i know man i can't imagine because not everybody lives in town like i do some of you it's a 15 20 minute one-way trip to have to stop what you're doing Get in your car and take your kid to kids club and then figure out something to do for two hours and then get them back. I know it's a lot easier just to stay home. I, I know. And, and we're coming back into school and I don't know what all that's going to look like. Uh, <laughs> if someone does, they can let me know. I'll tell you what it's going to look like once it starts. But anyways, keep your kids connected. You've probably seen some of the same statistics that I've seen. There are kids that are dealing with depression, kids that are dealing with depression because of all of the isolation that they've been experiencing. And, and you know, Zoom video thing, that helps, but it's, it only helps a, a little bit for a, a little while. They need human interaction. Keep your kids connected. Um, and then finally, pray for your church. Pray for your leaders. That, that's your pastor and, and the leadership team. Um, <laughs> I, I've seen this a whole lot. Um, people saying, I've never pastored through a pandemic before. <laughs> Not many people are alive that were alive in like 1912 or 20 or whenever the Spanish flu came through. Um, pray as we as we navigate, you know, these waters, we don't know what it's going to be like. Um, I went ahead and planned my calendar for 2021. <laughs> and, and then I said, 
if the Lord wills, <laughs> this is what we'll do. Because um, I don't know any other way to do it. But truthfully, I just got back from uh, a meeting in our state convention and trying to plan ministry as a state convention for next year, you know. is We need wisdom. We, we need to, to be able to plan and yet still be flexible uh, in, in the coming days, in the, in the year to come. But, but pray for our church. The church isn't just this gathering that we, we do on Sunday mornings. There are people that, because of, of health reasons, haven't been here since March. I mean, I, I would say health reasons. Health concerns that haven't been here since March. Pray for them. That's hard. That is hard to be isolated from your church family that much. So pray for us as a church that, that we figure all that out and still do ministry and, and this weird hybrid. How many of you are tired of hearing the word hybrid? <laughs> Everything's a hybrid now except for my diesel pickup. Um, but but that, that, that we can do ministry well uh, during this time. We, we don't want anyone to get left behind. We don't want anyone to be isolated Pray for your church. So those are those are four habits to establish or maybe reestablish. And, and remember, as, as we do that, the, the whole point of, of all this is to get God's word into our hearts. Because the more we see as God sees, the easier it is to do as he says. Did I say that enough for you? Did, did, or are we almost there memorizing that? Let, let's try it. Ready? The more we see as God sees, the easier it is to do as he says. So, so, so let's work on that. Imagine, imagine if we were so full of God's word that whenever a temptation came, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said he would do this for us, the Holy Spirit just brought to mind Jesus' words for us. And we just immediately countered like, like Jesus did. But wouldn't it be cool if we were so full of God's word and, and we began to see as God sees to the point that, that do I go left or do I go right isn't even really a question. We just instinctively go the way that God would have us to go. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't our decisions get a whole lot easier? When we, have you ever said this? I probably shouldn't say this, but have you ever said that? What if we got so full of God's word that that's where we stopped? <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this, so I won't. What if we got so full of God's word that people around us saw more and more of him in us and said, now I, I know that Larry guy, he's a pastor and he's supposed to be that way, but Man, I can, I can see God working in him. And I thought he was perfect. No, nobody says that. But wouldn't it be cool if we got God's word into us so much that it just became instinctive to do what, what God says? We wouldn't even have to think about it. Second nature, maybe the new nature. What if that became our new nature? Just, just living it out. Let me pray for you this morning. God, we ask that you would do this for us. Lord, so many of the things that, that we read in your word, the things that we know we need to do, that, that we can even 
commit before you to do and yet god in that commitment we know that you are the one that has to do that in us and so holy spirit would would you give us a hunger for your word would you as we read your word would you just help it to become so alive to us that 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 we would just want more and more and more and 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 as we read it holy spirit would you just give us understanding show us show us how to apply it uh, to, to let it get into our, our minds and then let you work it into our hearts. That, that as we establish a routine of memorizing your word, that you would help us to do that. Uh, for some of us, uh, we, we get to the age that the things that we learned 20 years ago seem to be easier to recall than something I, I'm trying to learn today. Holy Spirit, would you just take care of that for us? Just embed your word into our mind and into our hearts. And, and so that as we go through the day, we can just rehearse what you say to us. We can meditate on it day and night as we're commanded to do in Joshua. And, and then, God, would you just do something amazing? Would you use your word and, and Holy Spirit, would you take it and, and just begin to change us and, and, and do it in ways that the people around us would even notice? That we just become more like Jesus day by day. And that you would be honored and glorified through that. And you would use that in ways to bring people to faith in Christ. God, we, we ask this, we commit to you. And then we have to ask you to, to help us uh, in that commitment. Holy Spirit, would you just do that for us in our hearts. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.